Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that gives you just one chametz-free kosher for Passover page of Talmud every day. I hope everyone had a wonderful, blissful holiday. And to return to our Daf Yomi cycle today and discuss one of the kind of more intricate and difficult and fascinating concepts in a book thick with them, we welcome back my friend, our teacher, Rabbi David Bashevkin. Hello. Liel, such a pleasure to speak with you, especially on Pesach. And this, the beginning of our glorious Cholamoet, the time after the holiday in which we, well, in normal years, get to have a little bit of a spring break situation, but this year, return right to our pajamas and our living rooms. Exactly. In normal years, this is when Jews take shopping bags full of matzah and string cheese and do their thing at the Bronx Zoo at Great Adventures. And not the case this year, though I am still, in memory of previous years, going to pack a shopping bag full of Pesach, kosher for Pesach treats, and kind of roam around in my backyard. (laughs) Take it from the kitchen to the backyard and a little bit of a break there. But in that oversized shopping bag, otherwise it doesn't count. Of course, no, that's, that's tradition after all. So today's page, 35A, has this kind of notion that is kind of wonderful. The Hebrew term is very evocative, ben hashmashot, between the two sons. It's a very kind of powerful imagery. I want to make some sense of what exactly does this mean, because, you know, anytime the Talmud talks about time, you know, you're in for a long, strange trip. So let me read a paragraph and then explain to us what is going on with this with this idea. With regard to that which was taught in the Baraita that Rabbi Nehemiah says, the duration of twilight is the time it takes for a person to walk half a mil after the sun sets. Rabbi Hanina said, one who wants to know the precise measure of Rabbi Nehemiah's twilight should do the following. Leave the sun at the top of Mount Carmel as when one is standing on the seashore, he could still see the top of Mount Carmel in sunlight and descend and immerse himself in the sea and emerge. And that is Rabbi Nehemiah's measure of the duration of twilight. Now, those of us who live in, say, New Jersey or New York and cannot leave their house at the moment and therefore cannot go dip in the sea and watch Mount Carmel, what is the precise length of twilight? So that is a super duper complicated question to figure out to the exact precise time where you are. First of all, tell us why it matters. Why should we care about twilight? So that's really the more important question. And what Bain Hashmoshos is, and the way you set it up, I think, was really beautiful. The, the, The literal translation is between the suns now now we know there's only one sun and it's a strange term what the term is basically coming to signify is when does the day end and the night begin because there are a lot of commandments specifically on passover so many commandments are specifically tied up with when the night begins we don't have our passover seder at two o'clock in the afternoon we wait for the night to start and for people who are really careful about these halachic definitions the end of the day and the start of the night whether it's your passover seder whether it's about putting on tefillin or different times of davening these different time distinctions are super important and the most ambiguous one probably is when does the day end and the night begin 
And they have this really quirky term, which is called Bein Hashmashos, between the sons. It's probably called that, not because the Talmud thought there were two sons, but because there are two ways in which we relate to the sun. The sun, the physical entity of the sun, sets, and then there's like a little bit of time lag between the actual light of the sun that it disappears. That space, when there's not a lot of, when there's not an actual sun, and the light of the sun is already gone, is known as between the suns. Oh, nobody actually calls it that, of course. They, they would call it Bain Hashmashos. And it's this time that we try to calculate, after this twilight, how much time is necessary for there to be an official start of night. That's the basic overview. My understanding has always been that it is something along, though I have to confess, and I hope you don't think less of me. I have never. I would never the, think less of you, Liel. Impossible. I hope it's still the case, even after you learn that I have never actually looked at Mount Carmel and then rushed down to the sea and watched the sun. Uh, I was always led to understand that it's something along the lines of 18 minutes from sundown. So the 18 minutes is really important as it relates to Shabbos, because usually candle lighting is a little bit before Bain Hashmashos, and then they add on a little bit that's like 18 minutes before the final cutoff point when Shabbos has actually started. That's your so 18, grace period of sorts. That's your grace period. That's your grace period, which which my wife can be a little cagey about. She sometimes extends it, you know, or she <laughs> she she's tricky about it. My my mother though, those 18 minutes was like that was rock solid. And the question of how long the period of Bain Hashmashos is actually a massive debate, which your listeners will either forgive me or thank me for not getting into. I'm just going to mention one book because it highlights a basic Talmudic question. I'm not going to give the answer, but I'm going to leave you with the question because I think it's that important. It's so fascinating that throughout the Talmud, the way that time is discussed is not through minutes and seconds and hours. It's very often discussed and articulated by discussing space. How far do you have to walk? How high do you have to go? And there's this wonderful book. It's not so hard to get a hold of. I'm just going to recommend it to listeners. It's by Sasha Stern, uh, who's a brilliant, brilliant scholar. And he wrote a book called Time and Process in Ancient Judaism. And he just really wrote an entire book about how did they conceptualize time in Talmudic thinking? Because it would be so much easier if we had, you know, the Zmanim.com, which is this one wonderful website that you could always look up all of the daily halacha times in Jewish law. When is Ben Hashmashos? When does nightfall start? All that stuff. I look at it daily. So why couldn't the Talmud just tell us like this? Why did it have to be so backwards in a way and describe time through space? And there's this wonderful book. And even if you don't read the book, the question, the thought about how time exists through the eyes of the Talmud is definitely something worth considering and thinking about. That is incredible. And now that we have a lot of time on our hands, I hope our listeners would do just that. Rabbi Bashevkin, thank you so much for being our guest. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Liel. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please 
go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Soon.